Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. Hey everyone, I'm super excited to have my friend, Yolanda McAdam, um, who's not only my friend, but who's an amazing um, marketing consultant, expert in social media, and a wonderful writer. And I'm super excited to share your stories today because I know so many of them. Um, you can find Yolanda at whysocialmarketing.com and at whysocial and whysocialmarketing all over social media. We'll plug you again at the end, but for now, welcome to the show, Yolanda. Hi, Erin. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited, as if we don't talk enough as it is, but <laughs> not everybody gets to join in our fun conversation, so today they will. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just want to add the area, and I forgot to mention this to you. So it's Why Social Marketing, but they can also visit me at sweet532.com. Yes, perfect. Yeah, and definitely go visit Yolanda there because you have so many amazing blog posts on there, and your, your newsletter is amazing. So that's definitely a place to get to know you better. Yeah. So we have so much to cover, and we're going to try to keep this under three hours. I know. Um, but Me let's, <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I would love to hear, because I know a tiny bit about your first business, but I think it's um, such sort of like a fun fact about you. So tell us about your first business. Okay, so I left school and went straight into big corporate. I didn't go to university or college. I wanted to, but um, I, I just had to basically go work and uh, provide for myself, as most of us do. Yes. <laughs> so Same. I went straight into big corporate. I worked for um, banking, big banks, and then from there went into the finance and wealth management industry, which if you've ever worked in those industries, they are very corporate-y. And <laughs> very, yeah. Um, yeah, very much so. Um, and there's a lot of politics in that. And I was there for about 11, almost 12 years. And oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, long. And so around the same time that I was turning 30, and this was in the early 2000s. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll beep that out if you don't yeah, want we'll anybody to know. <laughs> I don't know exactly how ancient I am. But anyway, so uh, around the time I turned 30, I knew that I wanted out. Mm -hmm. But I also knew what I wanted to do because um, my last position before I left corporate, the corporate world was I was a coach and a corporate trainer. I specialized in soft skills. So I taught things like time management and um, all those lovely things like listening and communication yeah. skills. That's what I was training people and teams to do. And I knew that that was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I loved helping people, serving people, educating, that kind of thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I wanted out and I started making these plans to leave and start my own coaching practice or training consultancy. But then an acquaintance of mine, someone I didn't know too well, approached me with a business idea and she said to me she wanted to start the safari company. <laughs> um, and we decided, I decided to join her in this venture. And 
we specialized actually way before people were even specializing. I mean, specialization is a big thing now. Everyone talks about it. Yeah. But we decided to do it back then. We specialized in only um, five-star camps, these bush camps or mm. five-star hotels, like these boutique hotels. So these smaller right. venues. And then we, of course, had to market right. our business <laughs> and put ourselves out there. And this is stuff I did not know anything right. about. But I like nothing about marketing. And neither did she. Mm. She was... Um, I think of the wiser, it's, it's best to describe her as more of a silent partner <laughs> because she came with the idea and a lot of money, right? A lot of funds came from her, but I'm the one who had to actually create. Execute, so yeah. Vera was in the deep end, uh, creating our website, blogging. This was way before blogging was even like a, really, a, I mean, people were doing it, but it wasn't yeah. a part of the marketing strategy. Right. Um, but I had I started doing that, and so it was blogging. It was the whole thing, creating the print materials. I was working with designers. This is all new to me. Mm -hmm. And of course, then we had to go out to these venues that we were promoting and wanting to take people to, and spend time out there and learn more about the actual uh, what it is to be on a safari experience. Which I can tell yeah. you. <laughs> everyone should go on a safari you know what I mean like it's I, I, I would love to oh Erin it is it is the yeah I, I I cannot tell you enough I mean it's probably the best thing you can do is go on a safari um, so yeah. quick question did you ever go on a safari before you started a safari no. business <laughs> that's no. awesome <laughs> so um, you can imagine so Yara was I went from never having been on safari of course I've done things like camping in the bush sure but not safari where you are in the presence of elephants and lions and leopards and buffalo and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the beauty, I mean, it's just extraordinary what happened to me because I went from just normal camping average to five-star venues, mm -hmm. safari experiences. Um, it was just wonderful. You can imagine. Right. Um, but the partnership didn't work out, right? Mm. Um, inevitably, that's what happens. Like if yeah. you're in a partnership and one is feeling like do they doing more than the other kind of thing, and the other one is more like I said a silent partner, right? It's like we are you, why aren't you showing up? A completely invisible partner. Yeah. So the partnership didn't work out, unfortunately, because the business uh, the business was great. I mean, we weren't mm. like doing exceptionally well, but um, and we were only in business together for a year, so we can't mm. really say it failed. Um, and we just had brilliant venues. We had people that were booking with us, but the partnership didn't work out, which is unfortunate. Yeah, especially knowing you and knowing how much you love nature and the outdoors, I'm sure that there was a, yeah, no, that's a cool, very cool business. That's like, I, I don't remember when I learned that about you, but I was like, wait, 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 <laughs> I need to know this story. <laughs> I talk about it on my sweet532.com website. That's probably, yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I even link people to a blog post that I wrote there about this experience with this partnership. Hmm. Um, and also my experiences with the wildlife, right? Mm -hmm. uh, tourists and the wildlife. <laughs> yes, both tourists types of wildlife. <laughs> yes. Both types of wildlife. <laughs> I've done a lot of customer service work. I was a waitress, so it's kind of the same thing. More like a yeah. zoo, but. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane what people yeah. expect from you out in the 
bush, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a lady ask me for a tampon once in the middle oh. of nowhere. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh my gosh you're gonna be eaten by the lion (laughs) that's yeah oh my gosh that's so funny yeah now glamping is a big thing I don't know if you heard that term glamping well it's definitely it is South Africa has always provided that the more upscale yeah camping yeah Yeah. but now it's Yeah. yeah now it's taking over everywhere yeah no, very cool. Thank you for sharing that. So th- I love that story too, because it's it's that thing that you and I often talk about where there's credibility there, right? You've done the business before and um, you learned the marketing on the ground, you know, at like a thousand miles per hour. So what was the next step after after the safari business? Where did you go from there when that kind of yeah. uh, didn't happen? Um, um, I, I just went back to what I, you know what I mean, like my original plan, which yeah. was to start my own um, coaching business. Mm-hmm. And that then worked out for me, which mm. is something you and I have mentioned many times before. Yes. I think if you know your true north, you know what I mean? Like if you know who you are and what you are good at, mm-hmm. and you are willing to practice it and, and share your skills with others, um, then you'll be successful. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. you have to do the work. I mean, you can't just sit at home and say, I am a fabulous coach and expect people yeah. to find you. You have to put yourself out there. But wait, um, but that's what everybody on social media is telling me. <laughs> I just I'm can manifest it. <laughs> yeah, they skip the whole part of how much work this takes. Yeah. I mean, even in the safari company, I was working long, long hours. I mean, oh, I sure. just, I had to find clients. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was the only one really trying to do that in this business, right? So yeah. I had to be constantly online, on the phone, trying to meet people. I learned so much in that business. It's definitely the best thing I've ever done. I mean, people, I don't even look at it as a failure. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any failures actually in business. It was yeah. just a stepping stone. I had so much. I went through that so that I could learn so much. Um, and also, if I'd never done that, I would never have gone into marketing, really. I wouldn't yeah. have that to market my coaching business either yeah so yeah I went from that into coaching where I did I coached teams and individuals um I really did enjoy the team coaching aspect as well and that's where I've got big clients like Nike this is of course Nike South Africa mm-hmm. and McCain in also South Africa very big clients um and did well. I mean, it was it was an excellent business until, as you and I have discussed many times <laughs> before, until I was doing it about four or five years and just burnt out because mm-hmm. I was just working longer hours, harder, seeing so many people. I was also away a lot from home. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what happens when you do team building. You yeah. go away with the companies and stuff. And um, yeah, I was just, I just, I burnt out. Yeah. Which, as we've discussed, I totally, and I didn't even do, so I started, um, not to make it about me, but because it's relevant to the story we've talked about, but, um, you know, I started dabbling in coaching, and I had already been freelancing, and I had some, you know, success with consulting and everything under my belt, and, but I started getting sucked into the, like, you should be a high-ticket coach, because that's what everybody is talking about on social media, and, you know, I participated recently in your blog post where you featured nine entrepreneurs who, you know, what, what did they kind of learn about yes. themselves over 2019? And that was one of the things for me was, wait a sec, this coaching thing, it's 
a lot of work. It's very draining. Like it may only be an hour call a week with one client, but don't forget you have multiple clients. Don't forget you should be spending time um, supporting them throughout the week that's not on the phone. Um, that one hour with one client can take a lot of mental and emotional energy. And so, you know, just to go full circle, it, it's, you know, for you to do that for four or five years, it's, I can only imagine. Yeah. I can only and imagine. I, yeah, and I'm the first to say that I wasn't very strategic about how I was coaching people. I was, um, I was just saying yes to almost everyone, right? Mm -hmm. I was just taking on clients. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just taking on clients. I wasn't really uh, doing my research properly. I wasn't like asking too many questions before mm -hmm. I signed them on. You know what I'm saying? Like all yeah. that work that I highly recommend everyone does, like make sure that you attract your kind of people and yep. work with only the kind of people that you want to work with. And that also that you are equipped or trained to work with. Remember, yes. I mean, if you are a coach and people are coming to you with psychological issues, right. you shouldn't be working with them. Yeah. So um, that whole process of making sure that you are attracting and working with the people that you can actually help. I, I wasn't that specific. I wasn't, mm -hmm. like I said, that specific, that uh, strategic. My intention was just to serve. And I thought by saying that, I had to serve everybody that came, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is not how it works. No. Um, and that's one of the reasons I burnt out. And also, I was not very good about taking care of myself. I really wasn't. Yeah. I was... Uh I, I was overweight. There was all kinds. I had health issues back then, um, which is, yeah, if you know me now, as you know, I'm always walking and outdoors. Yeah. I was nothing like that. Wow. Uh, I was doing the safari company time, but then it went to this. I just, yeah. Yeah. You know, Completely. constantly on calls, constantly going to meetings. It was just hectic. Yeah. See, and yeah, and I didn't even do it at that scale at all. And I felt the same way. It's like running from one, you know, like you and I have talked about a lot about self-care, like not having lunch, not sitting down and having lunch because you have another call coming up because you have to prepare this because you have to be thinking about whatever someone else needs instead of yourself. So if you are coaching, not that it's a bad thing, not that you shouldn't be coaching, but making sure that you're taking care of yourself is huge. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and qualifying boundaries. Yeah. yeah, and I think boundaries, I think that's a big one as well, which I wasn't very good at, at setting them and having them um, mm -hmm. back then. Again, yeah. I, was just, I was just so determined to succeed, Erin. That's yes. all that mattered to me, right? And yeah, mm -hmm. because just, it, I just wanted to pay my bills, have money coming in, and I just wanted to be seen as a successful coach, which I know I was. Um, but yeah, this is the thing. Once you start having it all kind of thing, you feel like you want more and more. Oh, yeah. And when's, yeah. You know, when's enough enough kind of thing. Um, yeah. And then I burnt out, which was actually a blessing. Yeah. So, so and, and you said something earlier before we were recording that I think is important. And I know this is, you know, everybody says it and whatever, but it's true. If you're just doing it for the money, yeah. it's not going to be sustainable. And Definitely not you want to be happy in what you're doing. So, so you burnt out, tell us, I guess, what happened? Like, did you, you didn't work for a while at all or kind of walk us through like what, what burnout looks like for you? Oh gosh. Um, for me, it was just mental 
I, I was just constantly tired. I couldn't think for long. I couldn't read. Mm -hmm. I couldn't concentrate. It was really, really bad. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't work and I didn't work. Um, yeah. But then other issues started happening around me as well. My father passed away around the same time. Mm -hmm. So it was just, not only did I go through this whole mental thing, but then I went into grief. I yeah. grieved. And it was like compounded, right? Yeah. Um, so about three years, not much was happening. Mm. Um, I still kept my website going. I was still writing. Mm. I think, oh, that's good. I think, yeah, I think this is, this. I, I always, I've always loved writing. So yes. I always loved journaling. That's helped me in many, mm -hmm. in many things and in many ways. And, and I think I kept that up. Um, but I wasn't seeing many clients. I do think mm -hmm. there was like one or two towards the end that still kept seeing me and kept mm -hmm. coming through, but it was not the same. I wasn't the same. Right. I was just changing and I was evolving. Um, I knew that I had to change. I had to do other things. I wasn't sure what. And then, of course, in 2009, we emigrated. Mm. And when we came over to Canada, I knew that I didn't want to carry on with coaching like immediately I wanted to do something completely different mm -hmm. um, and as fate or whatever would have it uh, the one of the very first jobs that I got in Canada was for a working with a financial planner who wanted me to assist her with her marketing oh cool so it all came full circle <laughs> it was full circle it was the whole finance thing came full circle yeah. I was back into the finance industry and of course, different rules, everything was different here um, in Canada, like North America, it's different to conscious markets, you know, there's different rules to it. But I went back into that. And the fact that you hired me to do a marketing was so interesting, because I didn't really have that background, mm -hmm. uh, save for my own experiences with my safari company. Right? Right. So that kind of helped me there. Um, and also because I'm pretty techy. I'm very good at... Um, yeah, I don't struggle with anything to do with the computer. Technology is quite easy for me. Intuitive, yeah. Yeah, very intuitive. I don't struggle with it. So did that, loved it, absolutely mm. loved it. Um, and from there, yeah, from there, I went on to work with a training company, also doing their marketing. And you see, the, you see the pattern, yeah. Yeah. The job I had was a training company, which is what I did in South Africa. Yeah. So it's just like. Everything was coming full circle. It was almost like the universe was saying to me, yeah, you know, you know what? You know what you're supposed to be doing. This is what, yeah. you, what I want you to do. And this is, this is where you're heading. Mm -hmm. um, so again, I loved it, uh, got into it. And then in 2016, I think it is, 2000. When did you start your business? Erin, it was the same, around the same time you started your business. It was I so... I <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I didn't realize we started it around the same time, but mine, yeah. yeah, my website went up. So I was freelancing for a couple of years before that. But when I really started like trying to brand myself was in um, 2016, in December, I think of 2016. Yeah, mine was earlier because it was soon after we moved to Edmonton, which is where we live now. Mm -hmm. um, it, so it was must have been a brand March. Then okay. I started Sweet 532, which is S-U-I-T-E, people, 532. Yes, sweet <laughs> as in like a, a building game. suite. <laughs> I always liked it, though. It stood out to me. I mean, I, I remember asking you the origin of it because I, I didn't know where it came from, but I always liked it. Yeah, I mean, there's no beautiful story about it. It's not like this 
I just chose Sweet because I got so frustrated um, mm -hmm. trying to find a domain name. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything <laughs> I could think of it was going to be funky to do with, di you know, digital online marketing, things like, you know, purple cucumber or something. Yeah. All yeah. <laughs> so I know. That's what everybody is now. <laughs> all, all those funky names, right? Yeah. And I wanted something, you know, funky and... Yeah. But anyway, so ended up with a sweet 532 and it I think it took me longer to build my business because of the name so yeah. I, always, I always advise people to choose a good relevant name mm -hmm. <laughs> and that is how why social marketing is coming to being um, mm -hmm. I just got to this point where I was just tired of being asked why did you call yourself sweet 532 yeah um, and I thought you know what just let me just start another website another business yeah uh, so now I actually have two legitimate businesses yeah <laughs> registered business um, hey. instead of one because of that mistake <laughs> yeah I do I haven't so when I started freelancing I actually have um another domain actually if I'm honest it's more than yeah. one because even that I was like change 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 and um but on that one, I never like really blogged or anything. It was kind of like an online portfolio, but I didn't feel like it was, it, it was kind of descriptive. So it, it said like what I did, but I didn't feel connected to it. I don't know. Cause I guess yeah. I wanted more of a personal brand. Right. And so that's when, that's when yeah. I, my, my candidly Aaron was born, but even that I have all the time. I mean, I think I always question the name of stuff, but you, you were like, I love the name. And I was like, yeah, well, if, if it's good it. enough for Yolanda, then, then I'll, no, then I'll I love stick with name. it. No, Sweet Five Three Two, I learned so much. I mean, obviously yeah. everyone knows this. It's like one of the first rules when you start a business, you really should choose a proper name that is going mm -hmm. to tell people what it is you do, ideally yeah. within the name. Right. Um, yeah. So that your audience can find you. Like, I agree. Easy. Right, yeah. you know what I mean. So if you want to be a blogger and your website's called Be a Better Blogger, great. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You. Because your domain authority and your SEO yeah. is like built right. I mean, that's huge. That's yeah. why all the big guys have, you know, copy blogger, be a freelance yeah. blogger, all of smart that. As their blogger, right, all of those. Yes. Oh, love smart blogger too. Yeah, so much good content. So I want to talk about um, Sweet 532 and why social marketing, of course, but I want to go back to something you said earlier because um, we're both writers and you said something that really resonated with me <clears throat> and um, you said like through your burnout, you still continued to write and that was very helpful for you. And so I'm curious to know because when I write, especially journaling, not necessarily like my business blog or whatever, but kind of writing for myself. I discover so much about myself and I work through problems and I kind of do some therapy, right? Like that I'm not even intentionally doing. So do you feel that way when you're writing? Do you feel like that was like a huge part of what kind of pulled you out of burnout or? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. interesting you should mention the whole therapy thing. I actually did go to therapy. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up going to therapy, um, which I highly recommend, but I didn't go, oh, well, for, yes. I didn't go for that particular issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, I realized I burnt out. I went to deal with my stuff, mm -hmm. like that childhood stuff that I had to sort through, as most of us do. I mean, I was just—I was in that space though where I knew that I had to deal with that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, the grieving didn't help. I mean, mm -hmm. one thing about grief is there's no time to it. I mean, no one can say you should be grieving for six months or a year. Mine just 
yeah, it just came and it didn't go kind of thing. Yeah. And there's still moments, right? Like where you find yourself back in that space. That's, that's the thing about grief. Right. And I knew I needed help. So, mm-hmm. and one of the things that came up, not that I wasn't doing it, I was already journaling since I was a teenager, but one, one of the things that came up in therapy was the, the, you know, the healing benefits of journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kept doing it. Yeah, it was very, very therapeutic because what comes out, I mean, often you write out things that you're not consciously aware of that makes sense. Like, yes, 100%. Yeah. Just, it writes yeah, itself. If you, it. yeah, if you just yeah. allow yourself to, if the pen just moves on the paper and then yeah. you read it afterwards, you think, whoa, wow, yeah. where did that come from? Sometimes um, I read stuff a year later and I'm like, yeah. I, I can't believe I wrote this. I don't remember writing it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's weird to me when people say, I don't know what to journal about. What do you, you know, like, where do I start? And I'm just thinking, isn't your head just so cluttered that you have like, so much? I have, so I always have something to say, oh, as I'm you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I do, I, I, it's like a practice now. I just pour it out every day. It's actually mm-hmm. the very first thing I do is I think I've shown you. I have journals upon notebooks upon notebooks and notebooks and journals and moleskins everywhere. Because the very first thing I do every morning, well, it's not the very first thing, but it's one of the first things I do because I meditate. And that's a new Mm -hmm. thing that I've started doing recently. uh, Well, kind of two years now. Mm -hmm. Um, But after meditation is just writing out everything, all my ideas, because I have so many. (laughs) I'm sure you're saying so many ideas. And I just list them all out. But I also write things that interest me. Like if I read something that's, you know, stands out for me, I'll just write it down. Um, Because I'm also in the process of writing a book, as you know. So Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of things that catch my attention. And then where am I going to record it, right? How am I going to remember it? So I just Mm -hmm. write them all down. And my book, oh yeah, my notebooks are like full of color and highlights and stickies and it's, yeah, I don't know if it's <laughs> it kind of looks messy. I'm just looking around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the same way. And when I was um when I was in grad school, oh my gosh, my books, which I still have with all the sticky tabs, I, I look yeah. at them sometimes and I go, How are these sticky tabs even helpful? It's like they're on every other page. But um uh, no, I totally get that. I'm the same exact way. Writing is something I do every single morning. Um, well. I'm not always the best on the weekends because sometimes, you know, the husband and I get up and we start doing coffee and all that and kind of gets lost. But no, I'm right there with you. So thank you for sharing that. I just wanted to go back and touch on that because I think it's super important. Um, So Sweet 532. So you have an amazing blog there. I know you have an awesome newsletter because I read it every single Saturday morning Um, instead of writing. (laughs) I'm reading that. So then you made this switch to why social marketing, um, well, not necessarily a switch, but you know, you kind of branded that side of things. So now you are working with pretty much strictly social media marketing and um, consulting. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So um it it's not really so much a switch as they both the both entities still exist right so sweet fact that you still continues and why social marketing still continues um there is a slight difference to them what Mm -hmm. i was what i was wanting to do with why social marketing and i think i succeeded was to come across as more specialized Mm -hmm. so with why social marketing i'm highlighting that i do social media marketing 
Right. Um, and I also do training, which I absolutely love. So training of social media for teams in-house, you know what I mean, in-house mm -hmm. and public workshops, which I hold yeah, almost every month in Edmonton. Um, so I wanted to just have a cleaner interface or a cleaner look out there and why social marketing does that. Whereas Sweet 532 is a little bit more of a marketing strategy kind of uh, blog. Because mm -hmm. like a lot of posts on um, strategy and the importance of building connections or and making connections, which is why I post so much. Like the Roundup post is mm -hmm. something I'm going to do more of, but also the socially awesome interviews where I interview other business owners because I'm inspired by other business owners and by other entrepreneurs. I'm, I, I'm inspired by people, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to share that. I wanted to put it out there. And because I, I love being someone who is, how can I say, I love building communities, right? So I'm mm -hmm. a community builder. Let's, let's put yeah. it that way. No, you're great so at it too. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. That's what Sweet 532 was for and is for and will continue. So it's not going anywhere. But while social marketing is definitely um, appealing to the kind of clients that I seem to attract, which are, as you know, and we've discussed it many times, tends to be the bigger organizations. It doesn't mean that I don't love working with small business owners. I love working with them. Um, but yeah, I just, when it comes to obviously in-house training and teams, it's the organizations that can kind of hire me. So Of course. Yeah. You yeah. know, totally understand. Cool. So what we had talked about, because I knew, unlike, so a lot of my guests, some people I know somewhat personally, but you and I talk very frequently. So I know you really well. And so we had already talked about your word and your word is winding, which is defined as um, a thing that winds or is wound around something or following a twisting or spiral course. And what's really funny is I was thinking before the show, I was thinking, well, I don't know if spiral quite, you know, it's more like meandering, but actually as you were describing it, your journey, it kind of spiral because you started in finance like in corporate right and then the safari thing and then you learned marketing there and then when you ended up in Canada you started doing marketing for finance and then for train I mean it it all kind of was spiraling. Yeah. And and that's so so fascinating to me. And I think that a lot of people's journeys are winding or meandering or spiraling. Um I know that a lot of my, it, it makes sense that it comes full circle because you gain expertise in one thing and other people recognize, you, you know, that you have expertise in that, or maybe people are connected behind the scenes from those different places. And so they'll refer you or whatever. So let's kind of talk about um, when people expect that sort of straight trajectory yeah. from, oh, <laughs> from start to success, right? Yeah. Um, um I think if you are expecting a straight route to success, then you should prepare yourself for um, pain. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and I agree. <laughs> um, and possibly even failure. Although I hate that word. I hate that word with passion. So, let, so yeah, failure, you can't really fail in business, in my opinion, because everything is a lesson. Um, so, but, but when I use the word failure, then by what I mean here is, if you're not doing the work and you, and you know, a few months down the line, you say to people, my business failed. Well, then yes, <laughs> that was a failure. But if you're doing the work, there's no such thing as failure. You just, it's lessons learned. You just grow and you're experiencing new things. And that whole spiral route that I, was, that I, I said to you is, is 
the word that best describes my journey, this whole winding spirally route. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we should all aim for that because it's like my story highlights all these different connections, not only to yeah. my past, but to the present and to future possibilities. There's all these connections and everything ultimately makes sense to me. And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if this is <laughs> all sounding a bit too spiritual here, but like it's all, all these connections that all start making sense. And, and that is what you want in business. You want mm-hmm. to be making connections, not mm-hmm. only with other people, not only with possible clients or customers, but also connections with your experience, with where, you know what I mean, with where you're heading, with your goals, with your intentions. Everything must make sense. And when you're on a straight road, what, what, what new experiences are you going to find, really? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, the occasional bump. Uh, maybe the occasional stray wild animal that I don't know, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's, you don't want predictability, not because it doesn't exist in business anyway. There's no such yeah. thing as predictability. No. You can't predict anything. People are unpredictable, by the way, so you can't predict anything. You yeah. don't know if something's going to succeed or not. You don't know if your product's going to do well or not, your service. Um, you might do all the research in the world, and yet still whatever you put out there does not resonate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how it is so yeah the straight route the straight and narrow route is not the ideal route I you agree. want you want the broader more winding one because you want more experiences yeah you want, yeah yeah no I want 100% agree and I mean my you want to talk about winding <laughs> I can do that on another episode <laughs> a solo episode because mine has been crazy and you've been very helpful um in helping me navigate that um like I've said before I probably owe you so much money but um, for your coaching services yes can you wait till I get rich um <laughs> no I, I <laughs> yes right high ticket offers high only ticket coaching <laughs> No, I I love that description. And I don't think it's too spiritual at all. Because I I mean, I, I think you can look at it philosophically, or you can look at it just logically, too. Because for me, everything totally makes sense. And, um, you know, as you were describing it, but I, I love that you say, you know, you don't like the word failure, because everything's a lesson. And I remember I ended a guest blog post I did for someone where I was like, or maybe I started it this way. I don't know, it's been a while. But I, I said, like, I'm the no regrets girl. Like mm-hmm. I literally, I mean, I've made so many mistakes in my life, but I just don't regret them because I'm like, every single one has shaped me, has led me to where I am. I've learned from it. I think what you have to do is, is take ownership of that and say like, what do I want to make of this? You know? Um, so yeah, I just wanted to yeah. point that's, that out. Cause thank you. Wonderful. If, you know, one of the best parenting advice pieces that I've ever heard when I had my children, someone told me once years ago that I should allow my boys to make mistakes. And it was Mm. the best advice I ever gotten. Anyway, the same applies to business. Allow yourself to make mistakes. Yes. And actually prepare yourself. You will make mistakes. Oh, yes. So allow yourself to make mistakes. You can only grow from them. Yeah. If you're not making mistakes you're not, you're not putting yourself out there. You're not doing, you're you're not doing it out. You're not putting yourself out there. Um, You're not experimenting. You're not testing. You're not producing Mm -hmm. anything. If you're not actually um, making 
Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's all really wonderful advice. And I'm, I think like now just going back to like this journey through um, all the different experiences you had, the different businesses and then burnout. How do you feel about like where you are now? Like you said earlier, you feel like the universe was telling you, this is your thing. This is where you're meant to be. Do you feel like from here, it's just um, like onward and upward with what you're doing or what do you think? Yeah, I'm not confused anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. And also what I've also owned and it took me a long time to own this, is that I am a multi-passionate. In other mm-hmm. words, I don't, yeah, as you know, I don't yes. only marketing and only coaching. Yep. Yeah. I have other interests. Um, so I pursue them as well. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a, this, a lot of people have a problem with it. Like, how can you do so many other things? How can you succeed at all of, all of them? It is possible to succeed in your own way. I mean, whatever success means to you in that particular context, yep. you know what I mean? Like, yep. I don't have to make millions of dollars in one of my passions, yep. um, like one of my businesses. But yeah, so I pursue everything that I feel passionate about, if it makes sense. Like, if I yep. love something, I just do it. Mm-hmm. And this is new to me. I mean, a decade ago, I wouldn't have done this, Erin. I wouldn't yeah. even have conversation with you I would say what I can't have so many things going but now I know it is possible mm-hmm. because I've been doing it now for over a year yeah um doing other things right besides the marketing the marketing right. I've been doing for a long time so right yeah I, I think it's important that people just own who they are and not be afraid to share it with the world yeah um because we're afraid it will be judged if we say yeah. to people okay I'm a marketer but I'm also a juggler yeah <laughs> I juggle exactly. where I'm a clown in the circus on weekends. So what? Own it. I mean, yeah. I, this is something I'm super passionate about because like you, I am a multi-passionate and yeah. you see it all the time, like this intentional branding of yourself as the, you know, go-to in this one thing. Well, that's great. You can brand yourself as an expert in, you know, your, your business, your main business, however you want to define it. But I don't think any of us need to fit in a box. And the beauty of personal branding is that as a marketer, you can stand out because you are all these other things, because you are multifaceted. And that's why I think personal branding is so attractive to me is you get to connect with people who you wouldn't even think to ask them if they're into juggling or if they love the circus. But when you bring those things up, they go, oh, me too. Oh my gosh, I've not, you know, whatever. And, And then you build a connection there. And it may not ever be that they pay you for, you know, juggling lessons, but they're more likely to hire you for writing for social media or refer you. Because they just love who you are. Exactly. Uh, love who you are. Because people ultimately, we keep hearing this, right? But people ultimately hire you because they like you. Yes. 100%. And the reason they like you is probably in my case, because I can only speak for myself here, because I'm not the only marketer in the world who specializes in social media and strategy, right? Yeah. So. Um, the reason they hire me is ultimately because they like me. Yes. I don't think it's because I am the best in the world <laughs> at right. social media. And it's because they like me. And one of the reasons they might like me is because I also happen to be a juggler and their father was a juggler. Who knows? Yeah. Who yeah. knows what resonates with people? Who knows what that connection is? I mean, you keep yep. bringing this up today. But yeah. who knows what that 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 connection is subliminal or not or conscious or whatever, but there's always something that sparks that interest and who knows where you're going to find it. Yeah. 
Now, and yeah. everybody's going to think you're a juggler by the end of this episode. <laughs> Which I'm not. No. <laughs> Which I'm not. <laughs> Just subscribe to my newsletter if you want to know what else I do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, because I do a lot of other things, yeah. But, yeah. Um, no, yeah. I love that. And because it's the same for me, you know, like when I, when I first started, I was like, but I really love fitness. I love fitness. I love lifting weights. I've been into it for years and years. And somewhere along the way, I was like, well, that's okay. You can literally be a writer who loves fitness. Maybe you can write about yeah. fitness. Maybe you can teach a, a fitness class, uh, you know, on the evenings or whatever. Like we are not defined wholly and entirely by like one thing, um, a job or a business. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. And I think it's so important that you're not afraid to explore it. Because yeah. I do see online, a lot of people don't like that when you start mm -hmm. saying you're more passionate, there's a lot of hate online about that. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's, it's just BS really. Um, yeah. Big names out there are multi-passionate. One of them is Marie Forleo, who's, who's quite open about it. And yeah. you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Look at you her. <laughs> That's who all the high ticket coaches want to be. So come on. <laughs> that is many. I mean, the greatest people, Leonardo da Vinci, right? Yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay if I'm a little da Vinci. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great insight. Um, so what, because um, we are coming up on, we've, I think we've been on for close to 45 minutes. So what, are there any final words of advice or anything that I didn't ask you that you wish I'd asked you or? Um, well, you know, my final parts and piece of advice, and it's something that you and I say so often, we, you know, if people watch our videos, our marketing matters series, they'll know, they'll hear us say this all the time is just start. Yes. Do the thing you want to do. Because I don't have regrets, like you say. I'm also not someone who reflects on my regrets. But I do sometimes wish I'd started sooner. Sure, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you know, when I got off the plane in Vancouver in 2009 when I immigrated, like, I think, why didn't I start a website that year? Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why, why didn't I? Yeah. Um, but just start. Do yes. the thing that you feel driven to do. Like, mm -hmm. whatever's wanting to come out. And don't wait for someone else to call you the expert yeah. you decide when you're the expert you know i mean yes. when you stop calling yourself the expert then you just do the thing do the exactly. thing you're driven to do i love that and and i think it ties in perfectly to this whole winding thing because if you just start and know that things are going to be twisty and turvy and windy yeah, it makes it easier to just start because it's like I did, I'm very, I, I'm my number one um, character trait, quality, whatever from, from some of these big like tests, right. That you take about yourself is futuristic. And I know that about myself because I tried to map out my entire life. Like from the time I was a kid, you know, I'm going to be this, I'm going to go to this college, here are the classes I'm going to take. This is what I'm going to major in this blah, blah, blah. Right. It never happens that way. So I think that if you just start knowing that it's going to be windy, then you're more likely to just start and be okay with it and, yeah, just, and just run. Yeah. I mean, and don't, I mean, if it's like a side hustle, that's ideal, right? You don't want to yeah. quit your job and just start. You want to start now. Yeah. Uh, while you're still okay, while the money's still coming in and just start it as a side hustle, but just start. Yep. Don't let anything stop you from um, doing the thing you were born to do, really. 
yeah. a lot of us just stop because we, we let other people's opinions and oh um, gosh oh gosh yeah <laughs> that's you know, like i feel like you about this right other people's opinions yeah. and also when we're scrolling through instagram and we look at the influencers with their million followers yeah. and we think oh i'm never gonna get there well you're also not that person you are you so do you and yep. start yeah start one one hundred percent, and follow Yolanda because honestly, I do like you're full of. People should know when we get on to do a ten minute video together for our weekly series, we talk for an hour or more. Like it's crazy. So Yolanda, you're full of amazing information. I could go on and on, but we also both have um, businesses and work to do. Um, thank you so much for being on. Tell people again where they can find you. Yeah, so they can find me on Sweet 532, which is S-U-I-T-E 532, and then Y Social Marketing, uh, which is just the Y, not yes. the word Y. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, so they can find me there. Perfect. And I'll put all that info in the show notes so they can click to your website, your social channels, all of that. Subscribe to Yolanda's newsletter on Sweet 532 because, I mean, it's, it's fun. It, you get to know Yolanda better and you provide all these amazing resources and other reads. I just love it so much. Um, thank you again for being on. And I know that I will talk to you, you know, within a week here probably or sooner. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Erin. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. If you want to learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast, please visit www.candidlyerin.com or just say the word podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at candidlyerin and make sure to use the hashtag just say the word in your social media posts so I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember, your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story and the world should hear yours.